Hello and welcome to the French Football Weekly podcast. I am your host, Chris, and yes, I'm still alive. I have been away for a couple of weeks. My apologies. Uh, I still love you all. There has been no falling out and my agent is happy with the new terms. So <laughs> here I am again. Uh, that was the chuckle of one of my guests tonight, which is Phil. Hello, Phil. Hello. And also we have Jez as well. Good evening, Jez. Hello. Hello there. Uh, no Rich this week. Um, he is a busy boy. Um, we haven't managed to sort out terms with his agent yet, but we're working on it. Uh, right. Um, a fairly short episode this week because um, we, we kind of are a little bit pushed for time. So we wanted to get something out to you, lovely listeners. So we're going to kind of break it into three parts tonight. And we're going to start uh, with the, uh, the PSG 8, as it were. They finally wrapped, I say finally, they wrapped up the Liga title with their victory at the weekend over Monaco by three goals to one. It was the final game of the weekend's action. Uh, Kylian Mbappe with fittingly a hat-trick to secure the points, which also saw the return of a certain Brazilian number 10 to action. Um, really just wanted to, to kind of get a feel. Uh, the main question I want to ask the guests is whether they feel this has been a season of progression uh, obviously, this is ahead of the Coupe de France final that PSG could win. But has this been a step forwards, a step sideways, or a step backwards? Um, Jez, let me start with you. What, what do you make of PSG's season overall as they claim their eighth le- uh, Liga crown this season? Um, I guess it's, it's, in a way, it's hard to tell because they're just going to achieve pretty much the same as, as they've been achieving the last few years, actually, um, even if they win the France a little bit less than, than, than they did last year, for example. And they were knocked out at the same stage again of the Champions League. But in, in some ways, I do think there's been progression. I think that overall, they've been playing slightly better football. Um, they've, although it hasn't always been pleasant in terms of sort of thinking of league A in terms of a very competitive league. That the way that they've kind of trampled over some teams in some ways is a, is a good thing because that's what they should be doing with the kind of quality that they've got compared to other teams. Even in the Champions League, I think they've shown progression. Um, the, the very first match against Liverpool aside, they, they came top of a very difficult group. And even the, the Man United tie, um, it's easy to forget in the sort of farce of the second match that they were, really were were very good and, and comfortably won the first time, the first leg. So, I, I at the start of the season, I wasn't expecting a huge amount from PSG this year, and, and I expected them to dominate domestically, obviously. But I really thought this would be a transition season that they wouldn't be so dominant in the band as they win it, but, but not by as much. Um, but uh, and the, I, Champions League. I, I thought they'd even struggle to get out of the group, to be honest. So I, I do think there's been progression. I think Tuchel has, has kind of imposed himself a bit more than his two predecessors were, were allowed to do. And even if progression can be looked at in terms of um, possibly people gradually coming to the acknowledgement that there are some positions that need to be filled, which Tuchel is clearly gunning for right now, and that seems to be his main team of the, the end of the season. Then you know, maybe the sort of the Man United defeat, if it took that to highlight what, what's needed to change in the summer, then maybe even in that sense, if you look back at this season, 
in, in a couple of years' time, you might look back at this season as as, as progression in, in in that way as well. Yeah, yeah, that is one of those sort of seasons that you'll look at it and you'll go, "Have they done the bare minimum?" What What's your thoughts on it, Phil? Is that? I guess the, the bigger question is that Champions League defeat gonna hang heavy once again? Um, do, do you sort of foresee big changes in the summer once again? Well, I think the first answer is yes, because it was so frustrating, as Jess said, it was such a absolute shitstorm uh, in the second leg. But will it have a big uh, impact on on what happens in the summer? We saw uh, this week um, our friends at uh, get French Football News, uh, Eric Devin and Adam White writing about PSG of one, but they have to concentrate on youth now. And this is something, a drum we've been banging and the ultras have been banging <laughs> for some time. And Tuchel, after, you know, that, unbelievably frustrating run of games where they drew with Strasbourg at home. They were hammered away at Lille and then they lost away at Nantes. Nantes, who incidentally in the previous uh, 11 game, league games against PSG had lost every single one. And he was saying, oh, I don't have the players. They're not, the players I've got aren't ready. And he was like, yeah, because you could have played them earlier. You really could have done. And it was great to see uh, Meta Hangukalu get a goal on his first professional start against Nantes, despite it being a loss. But they need to give the, the youngsters time. And I don't have much confidence that that will be done. The summer, FPP aside, FFP, F, whatever, the, That's the, one. the money thing, um, they're going to end up selling some of these guys and bringing in allegedly proven journeymen from wherever, just because that's how they seem to work. If they give a little bit more time to, and Soki and Dagba have had their bad periods, but so has Presno Kiyobambe, who hasn't been great over the past couple of games. Um, you need to give them time to bed into the team. And it still doesn't look likely that that's really going to happen. It's, it's still frustrating. And that's the, the weird thing. And um, one thing I noticed particularly was obviously on, on uh, Sunday, they taken the league at home by beating Monaco and almost the, the wind was taken out of their sails by Lille drawing nil-nil away at Toulouse, which meant they won the league before kicking a ball. And it just felt, felt a little underwhelming yeah and um, i know winning a league should never feel underwhelming but for psg it kind of does and that's part of the problem i yeah. think so yeah. you know they've i would love it if in the summer they shipped out a couple of the older people and brought in some more promising youngsters but put their faith in the promising youngsters they already have, you know, lying around the office. Um, but I don't know if any of us truly believe they're going to do that, mm. which is, as I say, frustrating. Yeah. It's weird, isn't it? Because it, 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 like you said, it almost felt like a run-of-the-mill championship wrap-up after Leo kind of handed mm. it over. Um, I think... I mean, it was... 
Kylian Mbappe scored a hat-trick and equaled uh, Papin's record for goals in the league season. And it still feels a little bit underwhelming. Mm. That's, that is sad in yeah. purely footballing terms. So uh, Mbappe, incidentally, in, uh, interviewed after the match, was well aware of whose record he had just equaled yeah. um, and was, didn't exactly say, and there's five more games to play, but you could see it in his eyebrows. Yeah. I, did, I did like his tweet the other day when they, uh, when they asked him about the, if you could have Messi or Ronaldo, uh, if you could play alongside mm. you, would you have? He said, I dropped myself to the bench so they could both play. I like that. Um, a rare sort of humble side. To, to a man who, you know, he, let's be honest, he has a, an arrogant side as well, which probably is what makes him a cut above at the moment. Yeah. But it's nice to see him humble as well. Um, we, we aren't going to sort of focus on PSG too much because, frankly, we, we kind of always do. And uh, as much as we like to defend the league we all love, um, it, it kind of is the bare minimum that they win the title as things stand. So fair play, uh, obviously credit where due. Um, eight titles is, is no mean feat, our Celtic fans. But... Um, Nevertheless, uh, the championship is wrapped up where we have interesting... It's not eight in a row. Say again? It's not eight in a row, though, unlike Juventus. Yes. Um, I, I, was, I, was, I've bit, I bit my tongue, but seeing as you've gone there, uh, <laughs> I, am just gonna, I, I didn't want to bring it up. But you're absolutely right. These people that are calling it a Farmers League, have a little look at Serie A. And while you're at it, have a little look at when Atletico Madrid last won La Liga as well. Um, because that was quite a few years ago. So, and um, have a look at Germany and have a look at the bottom half of the table's record against the top six in England. Yeah. Um, I'd just like I to say, she has a problem with this. Tag them, not me. Mm. Out of this one. I still maintain that PSG aside, actually, the is one of the most yeah, it's it's just it's it's we we have been over it before. I know it's a lazy argument, but yeah, um, you know, credit where credit is due. We should give credit to Lille as well, who, um, as Phil mentioned earlier on, their nil-nil draw with Toulouse on Sunday did hand the title to PSG. But they are all but wrapped up in second, which to go from where they were to Champions League next season is a fantastic mm-hmm. achievement. Uh, just in time. So Lyon do still have to play Lille, so yes, so it could. But the way Leon are playing at the moment, I mean, no. let's not put any mortgages on that one. But, um, <laughs> but yes, I think Leon have qualified for the Champions League just in time to have all their best assets stripped in the summer and end up back in the bottom three next season. Uh, ask Monaco about that. Hopefully not, but I have a feeling a few of those uh, high-end Leon players will be on the move. Uh, no more so than Nicolas Pepe, of course, but we shall see. But where the, the race is that we want to have a quick chat about as well is, is the race for third. Um, we currently have Leon sitting in third after they uh, they actually managed to... Uh, to win! Yeah, I was going to say, to achieve a Jesus. good result. Against um, Angers, oh my God, what a doughty um, opposition. They made it hard for themselves as well. Memphis Depay and Martin Terrier with the goals for Luca Toussaint put through his own net late on. Um, but they managed that win. Um, that then was matched by St Etienne, who are sitting fourth and three points back. Uh, they won 2-0 at Rams on Sunday. Rami Cabela and an own goal from Angels getting the win there. Um, Marseille, uh, Clown Car and all that. Uh, they also got a win away from home against Gangon on the Saturday, 3-1. Gustavo Campos and Valais-Germain, remember him? Uh, I think we, we, we have to uh, caveat that with uh, bottom of the table, Gangon. Yes. After previous upsets. Yes. And um, a good run of form. 
in fairness, I, I would say it probably was on paper one that looked a banana skin. Um, but I'll say uh, luckily navigated it for them. Um, and maybe with an outside chance on the rails. Um, sorry, Phil. Unlikely. But you never know. Montpellier six. Third, no chance. I think Probably possibly not. one of the Europa spots, depending on what happens in the Cup uh, this weekend, given that there's some big matches between uh, the, the higher-up teams. But Montpellier are in fifth, three points off fifth, which is currently the last Europa spot. But if Rennes win uh, the Coupe de France final, they will take that, and that will complicate matters further. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm, I'm not confident of that. But I think it would be, you know, they've got to give it a go. But, unfortunately, their next game is <laughs> against PSG. So, a tough one, yeah. yeah. But, uh, but, you know, we're, they're in the conversation, like we say, for, for European places. Uh, they also won. That's three wins out of four. They beat Strasbourg 3-1 away uh, on Saturday evening. Andy Delors with a couple there, as well as Florian Mollet. Um, so, I guess... A straightforward answer or straightforward question I'm going to ask you first of all um Phil I'll ask you first who do you think finishes third and why I think Saint-Étienne might do it because Lyon have to play Marseille when are they playing Marseille they have to I will there's an Olympico at some point Marseille and Lyon yeah. Yeah. And Saint Etienne are on a really good run of form. They're yeah. unbeaten in at least five. I'm just looking at how one, it, it is five. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but they just seem to be having fun and not feeling the pressure. And at this stage of the season, I think that's really important. So, despite the fact Leon are three points up on them at the moment, I think Saint Etienne could do this because their goal difference is also very very close so um yeah i think lever could uh, could be back in the in champions league part of me thinks that it'd be better to stay in the europa spaces but given how they seriously they've taken that over the past couple of years maybe not but i think they they could make it and leave Lyon and Marseille scrapping over the Europa spots. Interesting. Okay. Um, Jez, let me get your thoughts, just so that our listeners know um, the last five fixtures for the four challenges, if you will. Um, Bordeaux are hosting Lyon next, and Lyon face Lille. Uh, then they go away to Marseille. They face Khan at home and Nîmes away. Uh, St Etienne are home to Toulouse, away at Monaco, home to Montpellier, home to Nice, away at Angers. Uh, Marseille are home to Nantes, away at Strasbourg, away, uh, sorry, home to Lyon, home to, away at Toulouse, home to Montpellier to finish, and Montpellier themselves. Um, they are home to PSG, um, home to Amiens, then away at St Etienne, home to Nantes, and obviously away at Marseille on the final day. So where do you see it going, Jez, and, and, and for, for what, what reasons, if you will? Uh, pretty much for the, the same reasons as, as Phil has said, I, I think Saint-Étienne could sneak it. Um, all those teams are capable of a, a sudden, completely unexpected blip in form. But I think on paper they've probably got the easiest run in. Um, I think Marseille maybe have got a little bit too much to do. But um, 
they can still have a big say. I, I think Bordeaux often managed to get a result against Lyon. Bordeaux, Lille and Marseille. I'd be shocked if Lyon in their current form managed to get nine points out of those uh, those matches. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Saint-Etienne genuinely are capable, if they maintain their current form, of, of winning all the matches they've got left. Um, they, they just seem to be sort of the diametrical opposite of, of, of Lyon at the moment. They really seem to be putting in team efforts that has really sort of calmed down from his early season form, but um, it does seem to be the whole team pulling together from, from Routier at the back to, to the strikers, Berich popping up with a goal, Cabela finding a bit more form, got defenders failing them out. So I think Subotic, Koloshadiak, and, and, um, and Debushi have all scored important goals recently. It feels like the whole team's in harmony. And if they can maintain that, and they don't have the pressure of the other teams, possibly if, you know, if, they, if they get I don't know, level and points with me, or maybe they'll start to feel the pressure. But no one expected them at the start of the season to be challenging for the top three. Whereas Leon, Absolutely, you have to be. You know, people talking yeah. about them really being challenges for PSG at the start of the season. So, and the Genesio out stuff is still rumbling on. Mm. Under but the not even Genesio. There's there's lots of rumours of, of tensions in general. Um, mm. Fans have, have had a go at Marcelo, who partly deserves it and partly has got um, personal stuff going on. Lopez has been criticising players. Beckett is. Um, there was a story this week where he's sort of more and more attached to his brother and they're kind of withdrawn into this little sort of two-man show and changing room. His brother, the fact that his brother there is there in the first place is, is a cause of tension with some other players as well. Um, the one bright spot is, is Terrier, but generally uh, things have not been, yeah, the, the, the top players, apart from Lopez maybe, um, that you'd expect to bear them out and not been doing so. Um, maybe to Pyro find amazing into season four like he did last year, but leaving it a little bit there. It's, it's kind of one of those sort of situations, Leon, where it almost feels like there's quite a lot of change coming in the summer, not just the the coach, but potentially quite a lot of the players as well, which I suppose you could mm. say about a few teams. But it does feel like fans are, um, as you say, that the fans, players' uh, relationship is not the strongest right now. Um, a team that, that probably will have a lot of change. I suppose there's going to be quite a lot of change at, at Leon as well as PSG, as well as Marseille, and potentially, like we touched on earlier, as well as... Well as- France, which yeah. is often a league where you see big, big, uh, small fish in this pond go mm. for big money, as it were. Yeah. Big Monster. fish in this small pond. That's it. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, that's that's definitely something we'll probably touch on. I would imagine towards the end of the season, uh, where we'll do a special who's going to cherry pick who from Liga episode because <laughs> I'm sure that will be happening all over again. Um, or that, that's, that will be a. Um, uh, Kind of a long pod. We could also play the who's going to sign Andre Frank, Sambo and Gisa for 54 times less than he was sold for last summer in the summer. Maybe that's another game we could play. Uh, my God, Marseille must be laughing at Fulham right now. Uh, still, um, that's for a rainy day. So 
that's probably the, the, the race for Europe covered for now until we get a bit more clarity in the coming weeks. Um, we did also want to have a look at the bottom end um, where it's all getting very close all of a sudden. Four points split the bottom three. I would say Amiens are just about okay, although their form hasn't been great. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm going to put my neck on the line and say they are. I mean, it, No, it, I look at their form, right? They've got... Last five games, four points. Mm. They're not good. And Dijon have found, bizarrely, a little bit of form. I mean, they beat a slightly tired cup Ren team recently. You've got Carr had a good result against Nice also at the weekend. It's a lot closer than it was a bit ago when there was a big, a really big gap. Uh, between 17th and 18th. And given Dijon are playing Caen at the weekend, if they're, and Amiens are playing Strasbourg, who just are just enjoying their best life right now, there still could be uh, time to pull Amiens Monaco back down into that battle if Dijon continue on uh, a good run of form and see them take seven points off the last three games, which included beating Lyon. Uh, so you could say that Amiens only lost one of the last eight games. Mm. Mm. It's, 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 it is, it's half glass, half full glass, half empty, isn't it? Um, in, in terms of, of how you see it. I, I just sort of look at their fixtures and I just think that they're, they'll be all right. I mean, Strasbourg at home, yes, Strasbourg have had a great season, but I just feel like they can win that. They can certainly beat Toulouse at home, potentially. Mm. Gangomp at home if it comes down oh, to it. Oh, God, yes. Do you know what I mean? Like that's, that's kind of how I look at it. So if we assume Omien are, are, are clear until they inevitably lose their next uh, five games straight and I look like a Wally, um, let's look at Dijon Khan and Gangon, who are the three. Gangon currently sit bottom. Um, their remaining five, Nice away, Khan at home, Ren away, uh, Nîmes at home, and we mentioned Omien away. Uh, Khan, uh, they are at home to Dijon, as uh, we'll mention Dijon's fixtures in a minute, which is a massive game. And then they play Gangon, so things in their hands. They then play Ram at home, Lyon away and finish at home to Bordeaux and Dijon as I just mentioned there. First up is their trip to Cannes. Then they go to Nantes. Then they play Strasbourg. Then they go away to the Parc de Prince to face PSG and they finish against Toulouse. Um, Jez, what's your kind of thoughts on where that lies? For me, it's all about Cannes and what they can do in terms of their 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 form and their future is in their own hands. Would you agree with that? Or do you sort of feel that Dijon and, and Gangon are more susceptible to, uh, to to getting their own results, if you will? I think that footballing-wise, Dijon and Gangon are a lot better than Kong. But I just, it's not all about luck. I feel like Gangon are getting none at the moment. Um, you, you mentioned the Marseille match and the 3-1 defeat, which on paper looks like a comfortable win for Marseille. But the third one was an injury time. Before that, Gandon had a shot that came down to the bar and literally about 98% of the ball was over the line. So if that goes in, you know, maybe I'll get a point, possibly on to push on and get through. Everything changes. I just feel like they're, they're getting absolutely no luck. Um, and I, I just think after the, the sort of punch in the gut of, a, of an injury time equaliser that Monaco got against them last week and then um, what happened there, you know, 
inches away from, from securing a point and instead conceding straight away at the other end. I feel like that might be just such a morale sucker for them. Although, if they can beat Con and make over in a week or so, then you know, possibly it will, it will push them onto better things. Dijon, I think, I've said that I think Dijon are extremely lucky in, in the timing of their last three matches. Yes, they beat Lyon, but that was a Lyon massive disarray. Um, so, you know, just, still they did well to beat them, but it was a perfect time to play Lyon. They got two own goals in that match to help them out. That's the kind of luck that Gankov are just you know, in a dream of at the moment. Mm. Then they get Ren just before the um, Coupe de France finals. So they're not, you know, their, their piece of record suggests that they're really not interested in Liga at the moment, and just putting more rubber eggs in the Coupe de France basket. So again, perfect timing to play them. What I will say though is it's obviously it's not just down to that. And they showed amazing character to be pegged back twice and still come up with the win. And also, I read a stat today that in the second half of the season, they've only conceded, I think, 15 goals, which I think is the fifth best in the division and better than Lyon and PSG in the second half of the season. So they really have tightened up. And, and you know, it's, it's not as deep as just saying that they've had all the luck. So I just think they're, they're in a good place at the moment. It's not even just the fact that they beat them, but they beat them showing real character. So I think they look in a good place. Can't to be completely honest. I still think they're rubbish, and mm. yeah, they, they've won two of their last three matches. But I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that in both cases it's pretty much entirely down to Bruce Samba, who's just absolutely amazing. And this weekend he's taken a penalty. If you score that penalty and they've got their usual one-nil lead to defend, then you can't really see Con coming back. But he keeps it in nil-nil, they sneak a goal, and then he does the business for the rest of the match. Mm. So. I, I still, so now, I, I know I've changed my mind in it. Well, I don't think I've ever thought that Conor going to stay up. I think I did think of the gang on it at some point. Now I think it's, it's Dijon's to lose. Um, yeah. They do have to go to Pont, but I just think that they seem to be in a good place right We should stress as well that this is the fight for... Um, to be in with the shout, you know, this is the fight for the the uh, playoff spot, shall we say? Mm. It doesn't mean if you finish third bottom, you're safe, but that is probably the aim. What, what's your thoughts on it, Phil? I mean, Khan uh, were obviously cursed the minute I predicted they'd have a good season. That, that obviously finished their season. Well, up. I think, uh, as Jess said, um, Pre Samba's been very good, and I think something we see repeatedly in France is that um, there is always a really good goalkeeper play for relegation team um that they're just doing a shitload of work and doing very well but still conceding goals because they're not getting much help and that is kind of uh continuing this year so i still think Dijon are on a good runner form they still have good exciting players they just need to you know attack this run in it is possible, I think, to get up to safety, um, quite apart from uh, securing the playoff spot, which obviously is still a risk. So, yeah, I think Gangon, who I loved watching when I was on Europa League duty a couple of years back when they were doing that, and they were really trying, and they had wonderful players, and everything got kind of taken apart. Um 
yeah, they they look gone, um, um, which is a pity. But somebody has to go down, somebody has to come up. So I think Dijon uh, put themselves in a good place that, as Jess says, is theirs, theirs to lose. So I hope particularly that they do make a, a good job of that. Yeah, yeah, I, I do think that probably Gangob of the three for me are are fairly doomed. But um, yeah, there's a few twists and turns to come up. Be very, very interested to see the outcome of those uh, sort of Khan games where they face the two rounds. Because mm. conceivably, two there's wins. A and... couple of little derby matches down there coming up, which are, mm. are going to be going to be crucial. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, a lot, a lot to come. Um, a lot of twists and turns to come. Probably starting with this weekend's uh, games. We'll just run through the um, other results before we uh, have a look at next week's games in a second as well. Um, as Jez mentioned, Dijon uh, winning against Ren. Um, Benjamin Geno amongst the scores. Always good to see. Uh, we saw Niang. Fantastic goal as well. It was. And, and Niang's response as well. <laughs> yeah, one of those games where you just get a lot of very good goals, which you don't don't really see as much uh, these days, sadly. Um, Neem actually came from behind to beat Bordeaux. Josh Madger, Sunderland fans might remember, scored, and I think he went off injured as well. Um, and then Neem came back to win 2-1, Savanier and Rupar with the winner. Um, and we also saw Nort beat uh, Omien Koulibaly with a couple there, and Ronje, who uh, also got the third captain, uh, Otero and Timite with the response what well, I mean not enough um, and we mentioned to lose nil 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 so um, that's where we stand this uh, this current point po- point place in time I should say um, we'll have a look at the games ahead on Friday just before we do that though um, Phil just a quick update on where we are in terms of the women's champions league as well yes oh it was it was interesting at the weekend uh, the, so the first leg of the semi-finals was uh Oh well, beat Chelsea two one. Um, they went ahead before first time with goals, um, uh, an own goal which was basically set up by Delphine Cascarina, and uh, a second from Amandine Henri. Um, uh, there was a penalty save from Sarah Buhari, uh before Ankatin Berger in the Chelsea goal put in a fine performance in the second half before uh, Cuthbert scored with a bit of a blaster late on um, to get Chelsea a valuable away goal. And this was particularly important because uh, Emma Hayes, the Chelsea uh, manager, is... is is a very astute woman. And one of her quotes before this game was, Formations are merely fucking numbers. It's all about space and who is hurting us where. To which my response before the game was, well, don't leave them any. And it's all of them and everywhere. But Chelsea really reacted well to being put under the cosh in the first half. And they uh, held out solidly. As I say, Berger was great in goal. And they've got a very valuable away goal to take into the second leg that's happening uh, next weekend. So what I like about the this stage of the, cha- the Women's Champions League is that it stops being silly nil score lines and starts being proper games of football. And we've also seen in the other semi-final, uh, Barcelona getting an away goal reasonably late on, I think, at Bayern Munich. So... 
we've got two very nice uh, football playing teams who are going into the second leg ahead. Uh, and it'll be very interesting to see how, how this pans out. So uh, looking forward to that. Should be on your telly box where you are hopefully um and yeah keep an eye out for that because there's some great players playing some great football yeah absolutely and uh, we are getting to that stage where every game counts every goal counts even more so uh, particularly in away goals in competitions such as those so stay tuned just, uh, just add you may indeed just as we're talking about matches counting and goals counting there's a full programme of League Joe matches tonight. Yes. Um, yeah. If Mess win, they, their promotion will be confirmed. They took an early lead and then Mess it up, so it's one all at the moment. Um, but the biggest match tonight, probably in terms of um, the fight for the player positions, is Lance against Lorient. Mm-hmm. And at, mm-hmm. at half time, Lorient are winning at Lance. Yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, I think anyone who's got uh, heart that's not made of stone. We'll be that I've been uh, I've been keeping <laughs> keeping a close edge or close look on on these the, on these games. Um, yes, um, ML's goal in three minutes has Lorient in front in that one. So I think Lorient yes. have hit the bar. So. Yeah, they, well, I, I, have, I must admit, I have only ever been keeping up in touch with it in terms of um, glancing at a certain well-known betting site. I haven't seen too much, but judging by the stats, it looks like they're. They what they are the better side. So let's hope so. And of course, Jez, I you know naturally I would like Mets to come up as well, of course. Um, but you know, we'll we'll put our uh, we'll put our um, our uh, desires aside for for one moment. It's very very close, isn't it? That league to table. Just for those interested, no, not not for Mets really. It's only close around you. No, not for Mets. Obviously, we know that they are Champions League bound, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, but Brest, 65 points, look likely to come in second. But that race, as you say, for the... the, uh, the they're winning at the moment against AC Ajaccio, who yes. are fucking terrible by the looks of things. Fifteenth, so. Yeah, you, you've got Troyes, 58 points. Paris, 55. Lens, 54. Lorient, 54. So, yeah, it is all very close. Um, so we will keep you in touch with that when everything is obviously decided or when we know exactly where things are in terms of uh, the, the playoff situation, as well as who's promoted and who's not. Um, looking ahead to the league on action this weekend, we have got Bordeaux-Lyon, which uh, has the potential to be quite a decent watch. That's the Friday evening game, 7.45 UK time. Uh, we've also got Omien strasbourg at 2pm on Saturday, at the same time, Angers-Rhin. Sunday. Sunday, sorry. Everything's 20, on Sunday. 28th. Why did I think it was Saturday? Force of habit. Um, we've got France. That. This is why we'll come to that in a second. Uh, Calm Dijon, that big game, uh, probably the one to watch. Lille, Nîmes, uh, where I think Lille can tie up second if they win that game. That um, should be fun as well. Just imagine those two attacks kind of crashing into each other. Expect a six. Both wearing draw. red. It will be brilliant. Yes, yeah, expect that one to be high scoring. Uh, nice Gangon, probably less so, I think it's fair to say. Uh, St. Etienne to lose, whereas if St. Etienne can keep that fantastic run going. And Marseille Nantes is this Sunday evening game. Um, and just to, uh, I'm sure people will be aware of this, but Coupe de France final is Ren PSG on the Saturday night. It's an 8 pm kickoff. We'll finish with that game. Uh, thoughts from you both? Phil, what's, what's your feeling on this one? Mm. I just, I feel, I really want Ren to do it, but I have 
no confidence that they will. And I know that sounds terrible, but seriously, I don't. Because mm. Ren are, what, 11th in the table? They haven't actually won in five. Yes, they've been saving themselves for this. And, and you know, Rich is a good friend of ours. And we want him to be happy. But however disjointed and politically motivated PSG have been recently, it's tough to see them chucking this away like but like they did against Strasbourg and Lille and and not so who knows I is this is going to be a heart overhead thing for me and I will not be betting on it for precisely those reasons there's the reason that Rich isn't on this evening the truth is he's he's hiding behind his sofa at the moment <laughs> he can't come out uh just you he's, he's hitchhiking <laughs> yes, yeah, probably is. Do you go along with the same thoughts as Phil there, Jess? Do you, can you see anything? Yeah, I think so. I think um, Ren have shown and Stefan's shown this year that they, they, it wouldn't be the biggest shock ever if they, if they managed to, to pull some, something out of the bag, the way they did it against Arsenal, did it against Betis. Um, gave, gave PSG mm. decent game in the league as well. Um, but I know Strasbourg succeeded in doing it, but that was against Gambler. They they're playing a very dangerous game, sort of, and switching off and going into autopilot in the lead up to this match. And one win in the last eight matches by any standards isn't fantastic record to be going into the match with. Um, and PSG, Ferrari looks like he's out, but Neymar's back, Cavani's back, I think Zinedine's back. This isn't. First of all, this isn't the same PSG that's been playing the last few weeks. And secondly, ever since that Man United defeat, this has basically been the only match of the rest of the season that's mattered anyway. So, uh, yeah, it wouldn't be the biggest shock ever, but I, I, can't, I don't think I can see PSG winning this one. I'm just going to be really mean to Rich and say I can't see anything other than a fairly comprehensive three to four nil win for PSG. I, I just, I like you said there, Jez, the players coming back, the fact that Cavani sporting new facial hair, interestingly, um, he's back. The, the Neymar boost, well, I mean, some people call it a boost, some people may not, but he, he's obviously a great quality player. Um, as you say, Di Maria, Draxler midfield allows other players to come back into the side. I, I just can't see it any other way. Um, I hope I'm wrong because it would be lovely to see Ren um, upset the apple cart a bit, but I just can't see it. So um, we'll all be watching, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, my suspicion is it goes to Paris, but we shall see. Um, we'll, of course, have a look back at that in next week's show and uh, and dissect things. Um, and by that time, we may be searching for Rich to see if he has come out from behind that sofa or whether he's actually migrated into it to hide from the inevitable. <laughs> we shall see. Um, right. Well, I shall leave it there. Um, I think that we've covered most things this week. So uh, thank you very much to my guests. As usual, if you want to get in touch with us, you can via Twitter if you wish. And uh, we'll do our best to answer any questions that you may have. And uh, we'll aim to be back uh, probably this time next week, I would imagine, give or take one or one of the two days. You just never know with our schedules, but we'll be back. Um, so just remains for me to thank my guests this evening. So thank you very much, Jez. 
No problem. Sorry, forgot to take myself off mute. That's all right. <laughs> and thank you very much, Phil. Thank you. Uh, so that was a French Football Weekly podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, until next week, enjoy your French football, and we'll speak to you then.